Steve Kahn joins us now on the uh, Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. Steve, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Going fantastic. Good. I'm glad to hear it, man. Always good to hear your voice, brother. Now, hey, it's draft time. Um, you famously, in my mind, famously went back-to-back on quarterbacks in the first round, Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray. Just why is it so hard to evaluate quarterbacks coming out of college? Well, you know, I think for a number of reasons, Mark. Um, you know, number one, uh, the exact science it is that the skill set obviously has to translate to the next level. Uh, and that, 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 to me, encompasses a number of things, whether it's the mental acumen, uh, the physical traits, all those things together. I mean, let's be honest, there's only so many men walking this earth that can handle the ability to not only regurgitate the play in the huddle, come out, identify the play clock, identify coverage, and do all those things in a timely manner, and at the same time, throw off your back foot or, or a different platform and be able to put a, uh, put a uh, ball in a tight window. I mean, again, it's a really difficult thing to do when you've got six foot five, 300 pound players coming at you. So again, there's, there's a number of things that go into it. Uh, I think obviously, depending on the situation a player gets put into, will uh, obviously have a lot to do with their success. But, um, you know, again, I've had a lot of experience in it. Some not good, <laughs> some a little better than others. Yeah, you know it. It is interesting. It's interesting when you when you kind of break it down. And when I'm looking at college tape right now, and I had this conversation with Kyle Shanahan a couple, probably last year. He's like beyond arm talent and like beyond arm talent, accuracy and athletic ability. Because you just don't know because college football is so different. Like there is like there's not a lot of progression football. There's a lot of static formation. There's a lot of mirrored concepts. And there's a lot of, hey, pick our best matchup, pick our best player, and throw it to that dude. And you're not working through progressions. And so it's really hard. I guess it would be really hard to figure out, hey, does this guy kind of understand from the neck up what we want to do, how to break down a coverage, how to how to spot it pre-snap, confirm it post-snap, and make the right decision. And I think that's one of the things that, that baffles me about this process is the two games aren't really that similar. No, there's no doubt, Mark. And I think the one thing you look at, and you said it best, I mean, think about how many teams even huddle up anymore. I mean, guys don't call the plays in the huddle anymore. They they get signs from the sideline, and they, they you know, are in a gun formation. I mean, again, now all of a sudden, when I talk to Bruce Arians and guys like Tom Moore, legendary quarterback coaches mm-hmm. in the game, that's the thing that they talk about first. What's the, what's the hardest thing to teach a young college kid coming out? To call play in the huddle. Visit with Steve Kime, former general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, with the benefit of hindsight, Steve, what did you miss with with Josh Rosen? What was what was it that you you the fatal flaw in your analysis? You know, and I, and I think that's a great question because I, I always tend to look back and, and realize that you know we we miss more more on the person than we miss on the players, and that's something that I learned over a number of years of evaluating talent. And I think, you know, Josh was a guy that was sort of worldly. He had a lot of interests outside of football. And I think that's what it came down to. I mean, I think he had the skill set you look for. He threw a pretty ball. He had all the physical traits uh, to play the position at the NFL level. I think it sometimes it comes down to the bottom line of, of, of how passionate are you about the game? Um, how do you interact with your teammates? Uh, how do you interact in the locker room? All those things from that position, which are so critical to that position's success is as Mark knows with guys like John Elway and the great ones that he's played with, you know, you, you have got to have a number of things going for you outside of uh, just the physical traits and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's the one thing that I look back upon and, and see is, 
not only um, the other thing, Mark, that I would I would like to say is, you know, very few college players nowadays too. The one thing that's it's unbelievable to to have success at the NFL level and a guy like Kurt Warner, who I was with for a number of years, had this as good as anybody. That anticipatory ability to throw the ball, you know, with with, with before guys come out of routes, having an understanding of ball placement and touch, that is something that's really really hard to find. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. The skill sets, I was telling Mike, it's kind of like going to a skateboard park and saying, okay, watch all these guys skateboard and pick the best skateboarder. Now tell me who's the best bike rider, uh, basically watching skateboarding, right? Like that That's that right. to me it, to me is like, yeah, like, I think one of the things interviewing is going to be like a big process, right? Health and, and, you know, the medicals and all that stuff. But from an interviewer standpoint, when you're asking a quarterback or you're asking a player questions, what are you trying to get at and, and what's like the most important thing to come out of those interviews, those personal interviews with that guy? What's the most important thing in your mind to come out with? You know, I just think for me, it's just the, the way the guys interact. I mean, their ability uh, to not only articulate what they uh, can do and what they can't do physically. A lot of times, you know, these guys come in and they, they want to run whatever offense that the coach wants to run. But at the same time, they have to be able to acknowledge that they do have some, some um, you know, sort of uh, skill sets that, that maybe don't match to be asked to do certain things. So I think you've got to be honest about what you can do, what you can't do, to understand where you're, um, you know, sort of where you, you're at from a standpoint of, hey, listen, I, I can't handle, um, here's one of the things that gives me a lot of problems. And to be able to have a coach, you know, scheme to, you, to your strengths versus, you know, putting you in a position to not be able to succeed. And I think, that's the good thing that Kyle does better than anybody in the NFL with the 49ers is putting a guy like Brock Purdy in a position to succeed and giving him the ability to do the things that he does well. And, um, you know, that's to, to me is another, another thing when you put, try to marry some of these college players up with professional coaches, you know, it's got to be a, the right fit and uh, there's got to be a good communication and understanding. And I think someone like that is a perfect example of a guy you can take late and have, have success with. Steve Kine, former general manager of the Cardinals, uh, joining us. Steve, you had the guts to come out and say, all right, we got it wrong with Josh Rosen. You turn right around the next year and you draft Kyler Murray. Right now, you guys still remain kind of the uh, the outlier in, in that kind of mindset because we, we continue to see a lot of these quarterbacks who get drafted high. It becomes pretty apparent pretty early on that they're not the answer, but teams stay with these quarterbacks. Yeah. Why? <clears throat> Well, because I think it's ego. It's, it's, it's a tough decision to make. I mean, listen, it doesn't. It's not fun to to to, to make a decision like that and then have to pivot and completely uh, make the opposite decision the next year. You know, obviously, number one, it's your ego. It's it's your draft pick. Uh, that's not the way you can think about it as a general manager. To me, as I look back, you know, your job as a general manager is to do what's right for the organization, not not do what's best for your own interests. And in, in a situation like that. It, you know, you're proud, you want to make good decisions, you don't want to make mistakes, but at the same time, you're, you're judging the human element and you're going to make mistakes and you have to be, have tough skin and again, do what's right for the organization. So in a situation like that, to me, even though it hurts financially, even though it hurts, you know, from, from a reputation standpoint, you have to cut the cord and move forward or you'll never be able to succeed. Hey, a lot of people here in Denver kind of mixed on Sean Payton. Some people think, hey, keep Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, you know, aired him out on the sideline a couple times. He's a bad dude. He's a thug, this, that, the other. Others, like me, know how good a coach he is. Your years of competing uh, in the NFL and competing against Sean Payton, what do we have here in Denver in regards to the head coach? 
I've always thought that Sean Payton is, you know, aside from Kyle Shanahan, who now has sort of, you know, risen to the top, you know, Sean has always been one of the top, very top play callers in the game. I think he is phenomenal. I think he's passionate. I think he's demanding out of his players, which I think is good. He's got enough old school in him and enough new school in him to, to be able to do a number of different things um, to get that organization headed in the right direction. And I think that's going to happen. I mean, I think last year you saw the, some of the things that uh, that he did later in the year that have, that helped. I didn't, uh, quite frankly, I didn't think Mark with him and Russell were a great fit together. But at the same time, you know, Sean's going to get a guy in there, I think, that he knows he can win with and uh, fits what he does. And I think they'll, they'll obviously have success based on what I know about Sean Payton. That, that's interesting, Steve. I wanted to ask you about that because the, the, the idea of fit, coach, quarterback, fit. You're a general manager. You're hiring a coach. Do you expect that coach to come in and coach to what you have, especially at the quarterback position, or do you allow that, that coach to go out and have the latitude to find a quarterback that he fits with? Well, I mean, I, that's a great question. I mean, I think, that, number one, if, if you if you identify your general manager and the owner and you identify the fact that you are uh, convinced that you have a franchise quarterback, well, then that, that coach essentially really does have to, to work with that player and, and to be able to put them in a position to succeed. But um, in, a, in a situation like this, in my opinion, I wouldn't have acknowledged Russell in that spot anymore. I think Russell is a guy whose skills have diminished. And uh, to me, um, you know, you have to give Sean the, the sort of the latitude to be able to find a guy that fits what he does. And uh, I think that's exactly what they're going to do moving forward. All right. Hey, listen, man, always great catching up. I look forward to talking to you later and uh, all the best to you, my friend. Yes, sir. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Steve Kime, former general manager just a few years ago in the NFL.